millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to Inside Arsenal, where it is very, very early in the morning here in Porto. As you can see, I'm in behind me. Look, no cables, no cables on a TV. But before you'll get excited and think I've somehow fixed my uh, disaster of a setup in my house, which so many of you are very, very keen to point out all the time. I haven't. I'm, of course, in my hotel room in Porto. And they, whoever, whoever set this hotel room up, are far more technically gifted than I am when it comes to hiding television cables it is the morning after the night before waking up kind of licking the wounds after that disappointing really really disappointing defeat last night for Arsenal in the Champions League going down 1-0 in Porto to an injury time goal really really yeah not the stuffing out of pretty much everyone I think I've just been downstairs having some breakfast because I've got a flight I've got to go for my flight really really soon which is why I'm recording this so early and I'm really, really tired, I'm afraid. So you're going to have to put up with me as well. I'm really tired. I was working until pretty late last night setting everything up. So, um, yeah, I've got to get this done, get to the airport and get back to the UK. Um, plenty to talk about, of course, though, the manner of the defeat. We'll go over what Mikel Arteta has had to say. I'll go over my player ratings again. Got plenty of sort of opinions from you guys who have sent in, giving your thoughts on what went on last night as well. So plenty to discuss. I mean, it was a really, really disappointing night losing 1-0. It was a game Arsenal should never have lost. It's plain and simple. It should never have lost. They certainly didn't deserve to win, but it was definitely a game they shouldn't have lost. And Mikel said it afterwards, said, if you don't win, if you don't win, you don't lose. And, you know, Arsenal had their draw within their hands and they threw it away. And that was a real, real shame. And it means they're going to have a lot of work to do in North London. It's far from... You know, they're far from out. You know, I still back them to go and do what's needed to be done at the Emirates, but they've given themselves a challenge. And that is a shame because given the way that game went last night, you just take the nil-nil draw and you come back. But instead, you gift Porto a goal. And look, Galano took it really, really well. It was a lovely goal. It was a brilliant finish. And 
fair play to him, especially after what happened in the first half, that miss, which was pretty incredible to witness, to be fair, that double miss that he did. And I mean, the stadium thought it was in for a good sort of four or five seconds. The stadium announcer even started to play the goal music before they realised it actually sort of hit the stanchion behind the goal and then hit the back of the net behind it. Um, so for him to bounce back and do what he did at the end, you know, it was very emotional for him. He talks about it afterwards, how emotional it was that he grew up watching Arsenal and now he's playing against him and he scores a last-minute winner against him. So it meant a lot to him. But for Arsenal, it was just a, it was a catalogue of errors that led to the goal um, from... I mean, they had so many chances. I mean, Mikel said afterwards that they had three times they had it and they gave it away. And it did sort of from David Raya's initial clearance and Gabriel could have cleared it. And then the ball eventually gets turned over again, comes to Martinelli and he tries that crossfield pass where if you're going to do that, you're going to try that Hollywood ball. You've got to either pick out Odegaard or you've got to get it over the defender and send Saka away. But instead, it went straight to the Porto player. They turned it over, quickly sent it down the pitch to Galano. Declan Rice probably could have close Galano down quicker. Although in that situation, as a midfielder or defender, you probably look at it and think, go on, then take the shot on from 25 yards. That's probably the best outcome for a defender or a, or a midfielder in that um, position because they just don't think he's going to score. But of course he does. He curls a wonderful finish in. David Rye has come in for criticism. I said last night, I wasn't really sure. I'm looking at it, that how much he was to blame for that. I just think it was a really, really good finish. People have questioned his starting position, whether he the way he dived, you know, how much sort of push off he got from his legs. But I don't know. I, I, I'm still of the opinion that that was just a really, really good finish. If Bukayo Saka does that at the other end of the last minute and wins it for Arsenal, I don't think any of us sit here and criticise the goalkeeper for his part in it. I think you just say what a wonderful finish that is from Bukayo Saka. So I think you've got to do that and give Galano credit at the other end as well. Um, and it was just, just a, a sucker punch, an absolute sucker punch for Arsenal because... They didn't do enough to win the game. Definitely not. I mean, you look at the stats here and the shots very level. Eight to Porto, seven for Arsenal. Not a single shot on target for Arsenal, which was poor. Really disappointing. Only two on shots, two on target for Porto. I mean, the XG, Porto just over one, Arsenal 0.5. I mean, basically the entirety of that 1.1 for Porto would have been Galano's double miss in the first half. Um, it was just a game that had nil-nil written all over it. And whilst that was disappointing or would have been disappointing, that would not have been a bad result for Arsenal by any means. And so you just take that draw when you're in that situation. You make sure you go back to London level. And and they didn't. And that was just, I mean, I can imagine Mikel Arteta, when he walked out of the press conference room and sort of sat down, he must think, what have we done? That was just really, really naive for my players. I think naive when you sort of say that word as well. I think it does have to come into it. You know, the lack of experience. We did talk about it before the game. I didn't really think it was going to be too much of an issue because of the way these players have handled things so far. But I think in that situation, that has to be looked as, as a bit naive from Arsenal. Certainly from Martinelli, when you're in that position and you have the ball, you just do not give it away with a few seconds to go when, you're, when you've got a nil-nil-nil, which, like I said, is not a bad result at all to, to come back to London with. You just do not give that ball away. In that situation, you keep it or you make sure you find your man with the pass. You just don't take on such a difficult thing. Um, I'm not going to sit here and hammer Martinelli completely. I don't think it's like I said, it was a catalogue of errors that all sort of combined to lead to that goal. Um, but yeah, it's just waking up this morning. It was such a so you open your eyes and you think, oh, did that really happen last night? Because it had it'd been a great day yesterday. I really enjoyed it. I've recorded a little sort of behind the scenes video of the day in Porto leading up to the game and being around the city and then getting to the stadium and stuff. I'll put it out a little bit later if you want to watch it. It's something very different. Obviously, it's nothing newsy or anything like that. It's just a, a kind of 
video diary of the day if you're interested in it. It had been a really good day. The city's fantastic. It's a wonderful city here. Arsenal fans loved it. They were in great mood all around the city. And I don't think any of them would have been overly disappointed to go back with a nil-nil draw. Probably would have been disappointed with a performance, performance, and rightly so, because it was it was under par and they just weren't threatening at all going forward. And um, I think we're all expecting them to come here and put in a bit of a, a decent showing to show that they really belong at this level of the competition again, but they didn't. And um, so that was a shame. But again, I've said it over and over again, you just take the draw. It was there. It was right there in your grasp and you, and you didn't take it. And it was just incredibly frustrating. Mikel Arteta was talking about it after the game, obviously his reaction in the press conference. He said, obviously, we're very disappointed by the way we gave the game away at the end and not managing the situation well enough. You get punished in the Champions League. If you cannot win it, you don't lose it. We really dominated the game, but we lacked purpose, especially in the first half, to have much more aggression, to break the lines, to play forwards, to generate much more threat in their back line. In the second half, there were much better things. We generated a lot of situations without really creating much from it, but we'll learn from it. Now it's clear. It's half time. If you want to be in the quarterfinals, you have to beat your opponent. That's clear. And that will be the purpose and the plan with our supporters together to do it again. I mean, it is important to remember it is only half time. And like I said, I have full confidence in the team that they are good enough to go and get the job done against Porto at the Emirates. The last time Arsenal came here in the knockout tie a long, long time ago, of course, 2010, they lost their game here again, 2-1. And they went back to the Emirates and won 5-0 and comfortably got through. Two very different teams, of course, two very different eras. But, you know, I, I... I fully believe that Arsenal can go and overturn this deficit, but they've certainly given themselves a bit of a, I wouldn't say mountain to climb, but I'd say hill to climb. And, um, and you know, Porto played it perfectly yesterday. They really disrupted Arsenal. It was the dark arts or whatever you want to call it. The ball was in play less in last night's game. I think it was just over 50 minutes the ball was in play last night, which is the least by a distance in the Champions League so far this season. I think it was something like 30-odd fouls. Um, and... It was just, it was so, the play was stopping every sort of minute. Every time there was a corner, a set piece, the Porto players would just fling themselves on the floor with barely any contact or no contact sometimes, and the referee would give the foul. I don't think that's going to happen at the Emirates. The referee won't allow that to happen, and more importantly, the home crowd won't allow that to happen. So I think it's going to be a very different game. Um, Mikel was asked about sort of how Porto played it, and he said that's the context of the game. We knew we prepared for it. That's something the referee has to manage. We cannot do anything about it, and we're going to have to handle it and play our game. He was asked about if it was a lack of experience that cost Arsenal at the end. He said, well, it's only the last ball. If in 94 minutes we didn't have the naivety in that one, I think it's a bit, bit cruel to judge it. But it's true that it had a big impact on the result. A lot of other things that they've done for the first time it was very good. I and mean, he was very keen not to absolutely hammer the players for, for that. But I think he will deep down be very disappointed with what he saw from his side. And he's probably going to be disappointed with himself as well. I mean, he could have done things differently. He only made one substitution, Jorginho coming on. Um, I kept looking down thinking, is he going to do something else? Is he going to try something else and try and win this game? But I think he probably looked at it and thought, you know what, the way this game's going, I don't think anyone on the bench is going to come on and turn it, turn it around and change things. And I, I, I tend to agree I look at those substitutes, not so much just substitutes, but I just look at the, the game state. I look at what Porto were doing. And I'm not sure, if you put Eddie Nketiah on with 20 minutes to go in that game, I don't think he wins you the game. If you put, as much as I like Emil Smith-Rowe on, I don't think Emil wins, wins you the game in that last 20 minutes because of the way Porto were playing and the struggles Arsenal had. Even so, when you don't put any subs on and the game ends like it did, then you're going to open yourselves up for criticism. Um Again, I think it, I, I felt he should have played Jorginho. He didn't. 
he went with the same team that played so well against West Ham and Burnley. Again, it's hard to argue with that, given the performances, given the results in those games. But I did feel like Jorginho would have given a little bit more control. I didn't think he had a good game when he came on, Jorginho. He gave the ball away a couple of times pretty much straight away, which I think summed up the level of Arsenal's performance at times. But I think had he started alongside Declan Rice, I just think Arsenal would have got more of a foothold, more, more of control and more of... And, and just been able to potentially play through Porto a little bit more, which they didn't do. Um, so, you know, Mikel's got to look at himself, and I'm sure he will be looking at himself as well. But I think the players deep down, I mean, these are the same players that played so well at West Ham, that played so well at Burnley. Um, but they just didn't do it last night, for whatever reason, whether that be down to Porto's tactics, whether it be down to the, the way the game played out, or whether it just came down to the fact they just didn't show up on the night. Then uh, they'd all be very, very disappointed with what they produced. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas... You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Declan Rice was speaking after the game, and I think he was very, very keen to point out that there's there's a, a long way in this tie to, to go still. And I think we need to remember that as well. As disappointed as we all are now, where it's ha- panned out, um, I think Arsenal need to know that they've still got 90 minutes to play in North London. We are only at half time. And he says, this is what Declan Rice had to say. He said, look, I think they've only lost two games here all season. Obviously, they know what they're doing. You've seen Porto over the years in the Champions League, a really honest, hardworking side with some great players. Tonight, they made it really compact and difficult. And we have to change our approach in the home leg and give it absolutely everything. This is a Champions League. It's what we want to be competing in. So even though we're a goal down, it's a nice goal to aim for, um, for when we can change it around at home. He's asked what they have to do differently. He said it's just about keeping our head. It's hard to concede the late goal, but knowing we've got the home leg in front of us, knowing we have to play at home with our fans and our energy, I think you're going to see a team that plays on the front foot straight from the start, looking to win the game. Hopefully we can do that. And Arsenal are going to have to play it very, very differently because I don't think Porto are going to play it very differently. If we think they showed the dark arts last night, you wait till they get to the Emirates with 90 minutes to protect their lead. It's going to be exactly the same, if not worse. And Arsenal are going to have to work out how they overcome that. And I think what Declan Rice says there, starting on the front foot, that is absolutely key. You can't let the game descend into what it descended last night. Arsenal have to just be on it from the start really attack them like they've done in the Champions League group stages so far at home, like they did against Sevilla, like they did against Lons, you know, really take the game to them. PSV as well, try and get an early goal and really take the game to them. There's no way goals. So then you don't really have to worry about that. Arsenal just have to win the game, plain and simple. Ideally by two goals, because you don't want to see it go to penalties and end up being a sport Lisbon type affair like we saw last season. But Arsenal just have to make sure they win the game. The fact they don't have to worry away about away goals is is a big thing, I think. Um, so yeah, we'll wait and see. But that's what Declan Rice had to say. Player ratings wise, this is what I went for. I did the video last night from the drag out. But if you haven't seen it, I always like to obviously run through it the next day. Um, 
and this is what I went for. And I know that David Ryan one's going to generate plenty of debate, but I just think he played really well. Well, not really well. I think he played well. You know, the goal, I've looked at it time and time again, and I can kind of see what you're saying. It does go in very slowly, but it's just a really good finish right into the side netting. Um, you know, I suppose the only thing you can blame David Raya for is maybe you're not, he's not tall enough, but can you really blame him for not being tall enough? He can't suddenly grow during the game. It was just a really excellent finish. You know, people say, oh, it's too much of an attacking position that he was he was in, but that's that's one of his strengths. That's why Arsenal signed him. That's why he's been so good since the turn of the year is those attacking positions he takes up. And it's just part of his game. And that's why when you look at his numbers, they're so high in terms of what he brings to the team. But look, I, I thought overall he had a really good game. I thought he claimed everything came his way. He was on the front foot. His distribution was good. He made some sharp saves when he needed to make them. Um, and I'd give him a seven. And just because that goal went in, I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't going to mark him down. I wasn't going to take a mark off for that. So I gave him a seven. White Saliba, I gave six. Um, Kivior, I gave five. I thought Kivior struggled. The yellow card didn't help him in the second half. And I think Porto started to target him a little bit more. Uh, he didn't look comfortable against Conceição at times. Gabriel, I gave seven. I thought he was the best of lot, although he should have scored or certainly done a lot better with that chance just before Porto scored. And I think that was crucial as well. You know, Arsenal from that set piece finally created a decent opening and Gabriel totally unmarked with that header, put it over. Um, I'm sure he'll be really, really disappointed he didn't at least test the goalkeeper with that one. That was a big, big moment. So I gave him a seven, Rice, I gave him a seven, uh, Odegaard six, Havertz five, Martinelli five, Saka five and Trossard five. Just the front four there, sort of take Odegaard out of it, who I thought was pretty bright, Odegaard. It always looked like if something was going to happen, it was probably going to be from him. His energy levels were incredible. His pressing in the first half especially was really, really good. Um, but unfortunately, he couldn't prize away uh, prize Porto open, but I thought the others have a Saka, Trossard, Martinelli, they were just not really in the game. Saka and Martinelli at times did have the ball in some decent positions, but they couldn't get past their man. Porto handled them very, very well. They did limit the space that the pair of them got. Trossard and the Havertz, who combined so well in the game against Burnley and against West Ham, it just didn't happen for them last night. Um, neither of them were on it, and I thought Porto again shut down that space well. Pepe and the Porto defenders had a really good game and showed all their experience. So, uh, yeah, disappointing that. And like I said, Jorginho was the only sub who came on. And that was it with 20 minutes to go. Um, and he didn't really change the pattern of the play at all. So, uh, yeah, those are my player ratings last night. Moving on to sort of what you guys have been saying about the result now. Plenty of you get in touch. DC says, our attackers let us down. They've been brilliant recently, but Saka Martinelli and Trossard were also lacklustre. Saka had chances to take on his man but always wanted to play it safe and pass it back. Arteta said it, no aggression in the attack. Uh, Tim from Canada says, why did Arsenal only make one single change? The whole forward nine looked very tired. Nelson should have come in for Martinelli, who is very disappointed. And Anne says, Charles, your ratings were generous. I'm not sure anyone deserved more than the six. I didn't see confidence on anyone's face pre-match. Good news is that we now have, uh, is that we now know what we're up against and can adjust our game back at the Emirates. Thanks for your hard work. Interesting one there from Tim when he talks about why did Arsenal only make a single change? Uh, the whole forward line looked very tired. I mean, it's something that other people have pointed out as well. Um, Hampstead Owl said, five is generous for Martinelli, four at the best. He was no better than the other forwards and, and also responsible for Porto's goal. I don't think he was entirely responsible for Hampstead Owl. Certainly, it was a poor pass. And I think he was probably the most culpable of the lot. But it was, as I said earlier, a collection of errors that led to that. I said, overall, though, I'd take this dreadful performance now rather than against Newcastle on Saturday or in any of the remaining Prem games. Must be a good chance of turning around at the Emirates, especially if Jesus is fit for that one. Yeah, hopefully Arsenal will have plenty of the injured players back and they will be even stronger for that Porto second leg with Jesus, Zinchenko, Tommy Asu, Thomas Partey. 
all potentially back for that one, which is three weeks time, three weeks away now. Uh, Will says, I thought Arteta's comment that we dominated with no purpose summed it up. It was never going to be an easy game and a draw would have been a decent result, but it was a tepid performance, lots of ponderous passing and really lacking the movement we've seen recently, a step up in quality from the last few games, but would have been nice to see us assert ourselves more. And the Prince for Christ says, hi, Charles. Looks like our set piece trickery has been found out over the last couple of games. Teams don't let Ben White near the keeper anymore. And as a result, Arsenal are not really threatened through set pieces. Surely Arsenal should have multiple variations to counter this. They must have known that teams will take note of Ben White's antics. I don't really agree when you say that um, have not really threatened through set pieces. I thought the only threat Arsenal really provided yesterday was through their set piece. William Saliba had a really good chance in the first half that he headed wide. Kai Havertz, right on the stroke of half time, had a very similar chance to Saliba which he headed wide at the back post from a set piece. And then Gabriel's chance in the very last minute, just before Porto scored, again, came from a free, free kick. So I think Arsenal's three best opportunities in that game all did come from set pieces. But I do understand what you're saying in terms of you can see that teams are really, really concentrating on what Ben White's doing now, which is no surprise because that's always going to happen. So you probably they are going to have to think of something a little bit new. But I still did think they did have threat from set pieces last night. So it's unfortunate they didn't take advantage of the situations when they came our way. Pat here says, our best performances against strong teams this season involve playing Jorginho or party supporting Rice. The formation we started, we can beat poor teams, but ultimately Havertz and Odegaard don't help Rice enough in the midfield battle. Also disappointed that he didn't freshen up the team, even with one or two changes. Can't play the same 11 every three days at this stage of the season. Now we go to Newcastle with a leggy first team. Arteta needs to step up his rotation skills to maintain freshness, as I'm now seeing a trend of us falling away physically in the latter stages of the last two seasons and at the end of December when the games come thick and fast. As Sam says, tough game. I thought Arteta went the wrong way, starting Havertz and Trossard. Thought he, uh, thought he should have put Jorginho in there with Trossard wide. That way we can bring Martinelli on fresh at the end. Easy to say in hindsight, but it didn't leave us many options to change the game. I noticed also the ref bought absolutely every damn dive at play up that Porto sold. It was laughable. I thought particularly their behaviour in the box of corners. Yeah, agree with that. And Josh says, big credit to Porto. Proper Champions League performance made it tough. Thought we did well and kept a good defensive shape, but the quality was lacking all over. Sleeper had a bad one today. Nil-nil was probably fair. and We showed our experience in the last 40 seconds. Good job. We're not the waiting for the next one. Yeah, I think those are all very fair comments and fair assessments of what we saw. Interesting from Pat there when he talks about the first team being leggy um, for Newcastle. Um, I agree. I think you can't, he's going to have to make changes. I think I can't remember who it was earlier on. Um, where was it? Um, it was Tim from Canada talking about only made him one change and then Pat there saying that um, would have liked to have seen a couple of changes and starting the lineup. You know, that's three games now in a row that he's named the same unchanged team. I don't think he's going to be able to do that at Newcastle. So um, Michael Owen, no, Theo Walcott was saying afterwards in the commentary, in the co-coms, that he thinks that Arteta doesn't trust the substitutes. And he's going to have to trust them because you can't keep playing the same 11. You're going to have to rotate. And I think he's going to have to do that. I, I cannot believe he will play the same 11 against Newcastle. These players are going to be tired. They've played three games in a row. They've had to travel to Europe, albeit only to Portugal. It's not exactly massive. But um, now they've got to go again on Saturday night against the Newcastle team who've had the whole week off to prepare for the game. So he's going to have to make some changes. I do think he will. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what those changes are and how they make an impact on the team. But um, yeah, they're going to have to, plain and simple. So look, that's it for me. Like I said, I've got to head off now because my flight is not too far away and I've got to get to the airport and get myself sorted. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Like I said, I am going to be putting out a sort of behind the scenes type day in Porto video 
piece, only about 10 minutes long. Uh, just got some stuff, me walking around the city, taking in the sights, seeing the Arsenal fans down, having some beers by the uh, uh, by the river, sort of absorbing the atmosphere and then heading off to the drag hour as well. So a little sort of behind the scenes clips from the stadium itself. So if you want to watch that, keep your eyes peeled. I'll put that out a little bit later on today. But until then, everyone have a very good Day. I hope you're not too disappointed. I'll be back tomorrow. Mikel Arteta's press conferences tomorrow as well. That's 1.30 p.m. at London Colney to preview that Newcastle game, which is going to come around very, very quickly. So from Porto, it's goodbye from me. I'll speak to you all soon. Bye-bye. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.